This is Aldrin Sampia on Beyond the Headline. 061-104-107. forgot the numbers. Nearly gave you my numbers again. We're in conversation next with John Steenhazen, the leader of the Democratic Alliance. So dates have been announced now for the Moonshot Pact Convention. It will be held on the 16th until the 17th of August 2023. The convention aims to create a pre-election coalition in a bid to remove the governing ANC from power. Seven political parties have confirmed their attendance. The federal leader of the Democratic Alliance held a press briefing this morning to encourage South Africans to register to save the nation. John Steenhazen is now joining us on the line. John, good afternoon, and thank you so much for making time for us. Good afternoon, Aldrin, and good afternoon to you, and good afternoon to the listeners. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, so you've got the, the seven political parties that are part of the pact, including the DA. Was it difficult at all to convince other political parties who are already in Parliament to join? Um, this is now barring, of course, those that you call proxies of the EFF as well as the ANC. Um, No, it wasn't. I think that a lot of people have realized that we have a unique opportunity in the next election to be able to uh, unseat the ANT and put together an alternative to challenge for power at a national level. And I think that the maturity that's been shown by these parties has meant that we've been able to move relatively quickly towards a point where we will have the convention. Now, these are early days yet, and there's still a long path to tread. But certainly things are moving in the right direction. And I think the convention will certainly give parties uh, an opportunity to be able to discuss some of those issues and some of the issues that may still need to be ironed out as we go forward. But certainly I think it's a positive step for uniting the opposition, ending the opposition bickering and focusing on bringing a change to the country by building that alternative. Do you think that it's able to give credibility to the Moonshot Pact, considering that you don't have the majority of opposition parties being part of such an initiative? Um, I well, think you only what um, is it only two other parties outside of the DA? No, um, there's seven parties that are involved, and sure, the ones represented in Parliament. Um, yeah, that's I think that's probably about right. So, although it's the NFP, the IFP, the Freedom Front plus are all represented in Parliament and all the others in councils as well. Mm. The the issue here is that I expect more parties will join as the process unfolds and as more voters realise that we now have an historic opportunity and now is the time to take hands, not to stand in a corner and, and be a Pollyanna and not want to get involved in this huge initiative for change. Um, the parties that are currently represented in that got 35% of the vote in the last uh, local government elections. Uh, that's 15% off the 50% mark. And we believe that by infusing the 14 million people who are registered to vote who did not vote in the last two elections, as well as the 13 million younger South Africans between the ages of 18 and 35 who are not even registered, we now have an opportunity to give them an, a, a indication that things can change, that there is a path to victory, and hopefully enthuse them through this notion of change and hope to come and register and certainly to participate in next year's election, which is going to be a very important election for South Africa. Yeah, a very important election. And also, um, you know, analysts always speak about the possibility of a coalition government um, having to be put place in in, in the National Assembly or Parliament. Um, But then the other issue is that considering what's currently happening with the councils, 
and we've already received voice notes from some of our listeners saying that, listen, considering what's happening in councils, they're not confident that the Moonshot Pact would ha- would actually work. So how are we going to approach this one differently from what's been happening at a council level? Well, I think, first of all, we must put the facts on the table and people mustn't deal with misconceptions. We're involved in over 25 coalitions around the country at municipal level. The majority, 99.9% of them, work incredibly well, constructively, and deliver good, clean, accountable government to places like Richards Bay and KwaZulu-Natal, Swellendam, Cape Agulhas, George Municipality, and there's a high degree of cooperation. I think that there's been an overwhelming focus on the three coalitions that have not been able to work well, mainly because the vote has been so fundamentally fragmented in Johannesburg and Chwane, but certainly the majority of coalitions that we involved with uh, work very, very well and are, are delivering uh, at a local government level in, in a big way. Sure, but 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 that elements still remain there. For instance, the disagreements that Democratic Alliance and Action SA have had around how to approach issues in, let's say, for instance, the city of Johannesburg. Well, I don't necessarily think there's been much disagreement there. I think there was a high degree of cooperation. I think where the disagreements came in was around working with parties who we don't believe are able to provide the alternative to the ANC. It's not good enough just to be opposed to the ANC. You've got to be able to provide an alternative, and that's why you've got to avoid parties who practice the same policies of the ANC, cater deployment, uh, tender entrepreneurship, um, being able to abuse municipal resources, and the like. So I think that's where the degree of... Uh, but we are certainly involved in a coalition with Action South Africa in Chwane, and it's going incredibly mm. well. And I think we must accept that in coalitions, no matter what the configuration is, it's never always going to be smooth sailing because you've got different parties with different programs of, uh, of action and policy sometimes. But I think it, the situation that the country has at the moment with unemployment at record levels, with crime at record levels, with load shedding and the energy crisis, that it behoves us as parties to rather focus on those things that unite us and bring us together and resolving those problems um, than focusing on the petty things that may divide us. Yeah. So Sivira Guarupe has um, has sponsored a private member's bill on um, on coalitions and bringing legislation around that. In the absence of such a legislation being being confirmed ahead of the elections, um, would this Moonshot Pact um, have a binding agreement to it? Well, obviously, you'd like to regard any agreement that you make as binding. Certainly, when I shake somebody's hand or put my signature on a document, um, my word is my bond. And I don't just walk out when I get a better offer that comes mm. our, our way. So it's going to come down to to you know, that type of, of trust and honesty. But that's precisely why we're doing this now, uh, 15 months ahead of the election. A lot of the problems that have existed at local government level in those coalitions that you were talking about or mainly because you're thrust into a cauldron very, very quickly and you've got a space of two weeks to try and negotiate something. The whole point about a moonshot pact is that you've got a long runway to be able to iron out many of those problems, to come up with the things that you believe are important that can, you can unite around a program of action and to then be able to put that compelling alternative on the table and that when it is able to achieve a majority, mm. you already have a plan in place. You're not scrambling in that two-week pressure point where governments would have to be potentially formed, uh, presidents elected, and the like, and cabinets chosen. So I think that that was one of the reasons why 
I announced in April already why, that we need to stop moving towards this because we need that runway to iron out all these problems long ahead of the actual polling day. Yeah, but then again, um, somebody like, for instance, the Patriotic Alliance, uh, you've had your experience with them now already, but a new political party perhaps that has just been formed or even an independent candidate who may be contesting the elections and becomes a member of parliament, the possibility of them walking away from the Moonshot Pact in the absence of legislation being put in place. What do you do then? Well, there's not much you can do in that case, which is why you have a particular... Um, you know, legislation that we're, we're driving in Parliament, but you obviously have to take people at their word, and that's why it's important from the get-go to do business with people who have built up a relationship of trust together and who you can trust. They're not going to walk away. I've no doubt there will be new parties formed. There's parties that are not currently part of the pact that yeah. at the time the National Convention takes place will probably have joined. Um, there may be some that after the pact say, uh, pact convention decide this isn't for them and, and do something else. But the reality is we have to do something to offer an alternative to the current trajectory of unemployment, low growth, high debt, massive corruption that is currently there. And to do so, you have to have a, a viable pathway to victory. You can have the best ideas as an opposition. You can have the best plans. Unless you're able to get into power, those remain just plans and ideas. Uh, we've shown where we govern in the Western Cape that where those policies are applied, that they actually do work. And we would like an opportunity to be able to have that done and together with the other parties to be able to put in place policies that are going to move the country forward again. And the only way you can do that is by gaining power. Yeah. The only way you gain power is having a credible path to victory, and I think we now have one. John, quick one on the incident relating to the um, Deputy Pre- President's um, VIP Protection Services. Um, what does the DA make of that, and would you be following up on this matter at all? Uh, yeah, I've addressed the matter in my press conference earlier this morning. Um, it's absolutely abhorrent, but it's symptomatic of a government that simply um, you know, does not believe that the citizens are there to be served, but rather to serve the politicians. Why we need these do-like brigades in the first place is frankly beyond me. But secondly, when they behave outside the law, the full might of the law must be thrown at them. There's equality before the law is a foundational principle. Um, Andrew Whitfield has already, and, and Okita Blanche, our two members of parliament, have already written this morning to IPID, lodging a complaint that has been publicly acknowledged. Uh, we want the investigation to take place. I think those individuals should be nowhere near firearms or that type of uh, position in society ever again because they're clearly demonstrated in beating up on civilians. No matter what the civilians had done, didn't warrant the type of group mob beating uh, that was being meted out to them. But it's symptomatic of a government who thinks that the people are there to serve it, not the other way around. John, thank you so much for your time. John Steenhazen, the leader of the Democratic Alliance.